Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Today, we're going to be talking about marriage, because isn't marriage hard, even in the best of circumstances? Like, life's going good, and yet something happens, like your crazy wife is like sobbing because she's reading a book called Maury in his own words. <laughs> so she's sobbing on the bed, and you're like, what? Anyway, life can just be really complicated in the best of times. And if you have a kid who is a hard kid, you know, tempers are short, life is difficult, decisions become for some reason way more tangled and a bigger mess to get through because you don't want to hurt people's feelings and you want to make sure that something happens right and nobody's listening and everyone and it's really exhausting. So you just kind of live in this level where you're like, I'm about to lose my mind at every second and I can't handle when you do this and oh my gosh and I'm just gonna throw this in here and I know my I really am hoping how about that I don't know I'm really hoping my kids laugh about this and don't actually have to go to therapy because of this because not only do I do a ton of things wrong as a parent I live in this super grumpy zone where I'm like, I can only take so much and then I can't, I can't do anymore. Enough, you know, like, stop it. Like I, I can't because I've, I got a lot to deal with and my husband has a lot to deal with and my kids are exhausted because they're overwhelmed. It's just a zoo here sometimes. But when you are narrowing it down away from the children and towards your spouse, there is a relationship there that I just wanted to talk about today. So we've talked about relationships before on this podcast and about how your husband or your significant other has no idea what goes on with you when you have a hard kid because the kid isn't hard with them sometimes. Sometimes they come home and the kid's like, oh, look, something different. And 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 they don't know how to understand why you've turned into this gigantic monster and your hair is up on the top of your head and you're wearing your sweatpants all the time because you're just trying to make it through the day or your clothes don't fit anymore because you've been stress eating. Like there's just like a whole slew of stuff that goes on when you when you're married and when you're raising kids. And just just to throw this in there, I think it's worth it. I think the sweatpants are worth it and the hair on the head is worth it. And I still think that we should have a billion and a half kids. And I still think that we should be married. But I had some really great advice given to me years ago. And I came across this little piece of paper that was handed out to me at a woman's conference. And it is by this woman named Karen Nickel. And I want her to get a 1000% of the credit on this. I don't know that she social medias. I don't know if she does anything. I probably should have Google searched that before I started. But her name is Dr. Karen Nickel. And she I think is a marriage and family therapist. That's my guess. I don't remember. But she has so many lovely ideas that you're not going to want to hear because I'm going to be referencing a lot of her stuff today. So she had this thing where she came in and she talked to women about relationships. And I remember after she had done this, I took this information, I shared it with some of my friends, because I just thought it was great. I left the, the meeting just like, oh, that was great. <laughs> I'm so happy. And because I was not in a good place with my husband at that time. And this almost made it okay. Like it was almost like, oh, it's okay. 
it's okay that I'm not in a great place with my husband right now. It's not typically abnormal to not be in a great place with somebody is fine forever. Like, come on, how many of your best friends from elementary school did you never have fights with and are still best friends with? Conflict is just going to happen. But I showed this to a friend and one of my friends got mad and she was angry at this information. So I'll explain why. So the very first piece of information she gave us on this little piece of paper says, contemplate how difficult you are. And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) because I can assure you, I am way more difficult than my husband is. But because I feel my own feelings, then he's the bad guy, right? Like, I don't sit there and take accountability for myself and be like, you know what, you really are quite emotional. And you do kind of have a really snarky voice when you're mad. And you're always mad. Like, I don't, I don't do that. I just think, no, my feelings were hurt. We're going to address this. And this is what has to happen. Right. So I, I did. I sat down and I contemplated how difficult I am and that I'm hard to live with because I'm not. I am messy. I have ADHD. I'm all over the place. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good idea. And then I get it. And then I'm like, no, it wasn't a good idea. That'll be a good idea. Like, I am chaos. as a whole without all the additional drama that occurs inside my home, right? Like, I'm nuts. I'm hard to live with. And I forget that I have this guy who I really like, who really at many points in my life is my best friend. And I forget that he has to live with the crazy person monsters, blah, that I am. And that that's not easy either. Because I think when we approach a relationship, and we hit the point where we're going towards help, we are in a place where we're locked and loaded like a linebacker ready to kind of be attacked and ready to brace ourselves for that attack, you know? So if you can go into this situation and say, hey, he's this and that and this, but I'm this and that and this, then it's, it's a it's a better place to start. I just, I just really, that was probably my best piece of information. And that's the information that made my friend really mad. (laughs) So I hope it doesn't make you mad. I think it's great. Great. So the second thing she has here is expect less, expect less, expect less from your spouse. Now you go in and you're like, hey, shouldn't I have great expectations for this person? Shouldn't this be really great? Shouldn't this blah, 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 right? And I think you don't want to have like no expectations. But if you go in thinking that they're going to solve all of your problems, then you need to expect less. Because as much as the whole Jada Pinkett Smith thing with her husband turned out to be like this horrible zoo. The one good piece of advice I think they gave is they said, you can't expect your spouse to solve your problems. And I'm like, well, maybe this is a terrible example because they are a zoo, but (laughs) because they don't even live with each other, chaos, chaos, chaos. But I think there is a healthy line that you can say, I know I needed him for this, or I needed her to do this thing. But we only have so much of us 
for ourselves, for our people, for whatever. And when there's extra stress, that shrinks. So when you have a hard job or hard kids or an illness or things like that, your capacity shrinks. And so when you say, hey, my capacity is shrunk, I need some of your capacity. And they're like, I don't have any. (laughs) I'm doing my best. Know that there is a season where that is truly just going to happen. And sometimes it's because of your hard kid. And sometimes it's because of illness. And sometimes it's because of money issues. And sometimes it's because of this. But there are times when there's no more stretching that is possible. And they can't. And, And you have to recognize for yourself that there are times when you don't offer more and that you need to stretch and you don't maybe you have to right now. You can have an open conversation and say, I'm so sorry. Maybe I can offer you that later. But there's also a harsh reality with people who are parents of hard kids is that you want someone to take that burden off of you. And sometimes they can't. Sometimes they're not able to. And I'm not saying that your spouse is perfect or anything. They're also hard to deal with too. But sometimes we have an expectation that is too high that someone's going to help us. And we just need to recognize that while the actions of your spouse might not be ideal and all of those things, and it's true, but maybe also there are too high of expectations. The third thing that she has on the list is to stop watching their mistakes. And oy vey, this one was really hard for me. Because when I'm angry, I start to get nitpicky about all of the things that they're doing. And I'm like, that he's doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. And oh, he obviously doesn't appreciate this because look at that. And and you go into this hole and you're like, trapping yourself because you're watching their mistakes. And the truth is, they're going to make mistakes and you're going to make mistakes and your kids are going to make mistakes and everybody's making mistakes. And if you take a tally list and write down every mistake you do, and if they were doing that to you, you'd be pretty upset. And it's fair that they would also be quite annoyed by that behavior. Now I'm going to skip some and just go to the very last part of what she has. And it's number seven, and it's become supremely happy. Now this one, I was like, what? How? (laughs) And she was saying, you become supremely happy by, you know, chasing your interests and, and going towards something that is, makes you happy. And, and I think there's a, balance here. But there was some really great advice from Dr. Laura Schlesinger, which I, I have her book too. Maybe I'll go through that one time because marriage is definitely a critical aspect of having difficult children. It can be really hard on your marriage. But she was saying, if you're happy, your spouse will be happy that you're happy right? So if you're having a bad day and your spouse comes in and they're happy and then they kind of turn your day around, like that's great. So something that you can offer is doing stuff for yourself that will make you happy. 
And sometimes, as we know, as parents of hard kids, that's hard to do. Sometimes it's just like, nope, we're listening to my music in the car, kids. I don't care about yours today. It is mine. And we are dancing to my music. And if you hate it, I have my headphones in this time and I am dancing by myself in the car. I don't care. Whatever makes me happy. Because we have to do these nerdy things that bring us joy. If we're at the store and we only have three more dollars until we're hitting our budget limit and you're like, hey, three dollars. I really want, oh my gosh, what costs three dollars? <laughs> these hair ties. Like I've been wanting new hair ties. I'm going to get these new hair ties and then use the hair ties in the way that you like. Like just slide it in there. You don't have to be crazy. You don't need a whole wardrobe. You don't need to do like crazy vacations or a facelift or whatever. You can just do the little things that make you happy and then do those things. I know there are some people who get really happy when they go camping. I know camping's not always possible, but one of the things I love being outside and I hate being outside. I love being outside. I hate that my neighbors can see me. I hate that I'm constantly being watched. I hate that it's loud. I hate that I can't have a conversation, but I love the wind on my face. And I, you know, there's things that I like outside. So sometimes when it's like 11 o'clock, I'll go on my back porch and I'll just sit on my back porch because it's quiet and there's wind on my face and I'm not really talking to anybody. And sometimes I'll even put some headphones in and just listen to something while I'm outside because I can do that for me and it makes me happy. And it's not, it's not anything. It's not expensive. It's not taking away from anything. My kids are asleep. Like I can just do that for myself and make me happy. And life, of course, is not always about being happy. You're not going to be. Your spouse is not going to be. Your kids are not always going to be happy. But to be able to find moments where you can have that for yourself, I think is just really great advice. Now, I've been married for 15 years and... (laughs) I really just think the quote from Benjamin Franklin is such a good one. And it says, keep your eyes wide open before marriage and half shut afterwards. Now, of course, your eyes are not half shut to horrible behaviors and cheating and all of those things. Keep keep your eyes open for that part. But when it comes to the socks that are constantly making a pile on the floor or how the conversations don't go quite the way that you want them to, they're not going to. And, it, and it's okay. And you can't ignore the Irma Bombeck quote that says, marriage has no guarantees. If that's what you're looking for, go live with a car battery. <laughs> because the truth is you're married to somebody who is just as big as a failure as you are, who is just as big a goofball as you are, who is just as hard a trier as you are, who is so... is to, possibly depressed as you are, who who has a really hard time finding motivation when times are hard or who who does way too many things. And we all have these massive flaws. But there's a lot that can be done with each other, for each other. And when you approach life realizing that you're a family of flawed and imperfect people, then it doesn't quite hurt as much when you're a family of flawed, imperfect people. 
We look at our kids and we say, oh, wouldn't it be great if you just stopped that behavior? And we look at our spouse and we're like, wouldn't it be great if you just stopped that behavior? And we look in the mirror and we're like, hey, self, wouldn't it be great if you just stopped that behavior? And we spend our whole lives just trying to fix fix ourselves, fix our kids, fix our spouses, fix, you know, what's wrong with our house? What's wrong with this? What's this? And if I'm not comfortable, I need to fix it. And I need to be comfortable. Like we're all trying to fix everything. And we forget that life is never going to offer us a perfect anything. Everything's going to have a crack in it, a dent in it, a, a, flaw about it in some fashion. And we need to be able to realize that there can still be good in a life filled with flaws. Because to continue along the quote path that I've gone on today, there's the quote by Vivian Green that says, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. Don't you wish that you could walk into a room full of your friends and you could say, hey, my marriage is imperfect and I'm still happy anyway. Or you could walk into a group at school and be like, my kid's imperfect and I'm still happy anyway. And you could walk into wherever and be like, I'm imperfect and I'm still happy anyway. To be able to offer yourself that gift to offer your spouse that gift, to offer your kids that gift is a gift that brings joy. And in an instant, you go from somebody who is entirely critical, who's really trying to fix everybody and everything to somebody who gifts somebody the sliver of joy of allowing them to be imperfect and loving them anyways. Because when you have a kid who is imperfect you manage to love them anyways. And when you have a spouse who is imperfect, it is definitely possible to love them anyways. And when you are imperfect, it is possible to love yourself anyway. There's nobody on this planet who's doing it right. There's nobody on this planet who's perfect. I don't care how many Instagram posts you see. I don't care how many TikTok videos you watch. Nobody is doing it perfect. There's not enough time in this world to do everything perfectly. So to have the expectation that that's the goal, that perfection is the goal, that happiness is the goal. And I think I've quoted this before where Shia LaBeouf was talking about his life with some interviewer and he's like my goal in life used to be to be happy but now my goal is to be useful and I was like whoa I never thought my golden nugget of wisdom would be coming from Shia but it was and I think that we chase happiness especially when we live in a bowl that doesn't have any in it but if we chase usefulness that's an attainable goal I love that piece of advice because I can be useful. I can't always be happy. Life is stressful. Life is hard, but I can be useful. I also had this thing that just popped into my mind and I'm going to share. I have this friend who's not a terribly good friend. She doesn't respond to calls very well. She doesn't listen to the things that I say. She's not a terribly good friend. And I had a 
a child of mine say, as I was, you know, responding back to this person, I had a child of mine say, why do you do this with her if she doesn't do this with you? And I said, because I don't want to be a bad friend. You know, I am willing to get out of a relationship that is toxic to me. I'm willing to do that. That's not what this is. But I don't want to be the bad friend. So if she needs to be a bad friend for whatever it is in her life, I'm not going to because that's not what I want to be. So as we go through our life, we get to pick. We get to pick if we want to match our partners or our child's dysregulation and frustration and anger, or if we want to be somebody who realizes that life's going to match up imperfectly, and that there is something deep in that person that we very much care about. And that if they are on a rocky roller coaster, then good grief, I want to be there to help that person in the rocky roller coaster. Because holy cow, I've been on one and it sucks. And I wish someone had been there for me. So I'm going to be there for them because that's who I want to be. And again, it's not my style to be in a relationship that's toxic. I don't mind leaving those. That's fine. (laughs) But so that is not my issue. If it's yours, definitely talk it through with someone, perhaps even a professional. But knowing that there are imperfections in life, it's just gonna happen. And to be able to be there for someone, to be able to be the calm in the storm for your child or for your spouse, and to be able to find somebody who can be that calm for you too. But by being the calm for your spouse, sometimes in my experience, he'll then do that for me sometimes. I don't think it really crossed his radar for a while. And then I was able to be that for him. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he was able to be that for me. Now, this is an oversimplification, as are so many things that are discussed in this type of way. But I really wish all of you the best in your relationships with your children and with your spouses and with yourself. Don't forget that one. It's a really important relationship too. Don't hate yourself for the things that you're not getting done. Don't hate yourself for the depression that you feel because of this situation. Don't hate yourself because life is heavy and overburdened and you feel like you're swimming and trying to find, you know, in this ocean of waves, some sort of land to just be on and find stability. Don't be mad at yourself for that. It actually doesn't require any anger at all. Life sucks for so many people. It's okay that it sucks for us sometimes. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for joining me.